I'm so glad you're joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. You can find me and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Lisa Evers. And also, you can catch up on all of your Street Soldiers episodes, both radio and TV, free of charge on LisaEvers.com. In this episode, we're talking about the Black Panther phenomenon. Is it a Hollywood hype, or is it an historical breakthrough. Few films have enjoyed the nearly universal praise for the Marvel Comics superhero action flick, Black Panther. Supporters say it's much more than that, though. A stunning example of a black superhero from a black culture untainted by racism who goes on to save the world. So it's also incredible entertainment from what everyone's saying. Let's find out what our panel has to say about this. Joining us is Brian Favors. He's the co-founder of the Nate Parker Foundation and also an educator. Brian, great to have you with us. Good to be here. Also with us is Clayton Davis. He's editor-in-chief of awardscircuit.com. He's also a film critic. Clayton, great to have you with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Chuck Kriegmer. He's the founder and CEO of allhiphop.com, and he's also a comic book expert. Chuck, hey, great to have you with us. Thank you. Chuck, explain to everyone who may not know, who is the Black Panther? So the Black Panther is the first major black superhero. He came out in 1965, actually predated the Black Panther Party, which a lot of people don't realize. And he was created by, uh, co-created by Stan Lee, who's still alive, 95-year-old uh, Jewish man. But he had a vision for uh, a superhero that represented Africa, but more importantly, an advanced, the most advanced uh, cultural um, society that we ever have seen. On the planet? On the planet. All right. Clayton, you've seen the movie. Tell yeah. us, Tell us about it. Um, is it as great as everyone is saying? It, it is what Wonder Woman meant to women. This will mean for black people. It is the first uh, instance of culture blending through the genre. Marvel has tapped into something incredible, something that we probably have never seen from them before. It's personal. It's action-packed. It's culturally significant. It it does every it checks all the boxes. It's probably one of the most important films we've been given in the last few years. Brian, in terms of important <clears throat> films, I mean, obviously entertaining. It's going to be a blockbuster by all accounts in terms of how many people go to see it. But tell us why you feel it's so significant this culturally. Is, this is important for African culture throughout the diaspora. We know in film, uh, we just don't have a lot of stories that highlight the African legacy. You know, when I was young, if you would have called me an African, I would have taken it as a derogatory term. Um, a lot of us don't know our history. We don't know that legacy. So a film that is so mainstream and, and dropping so many gems is just critical to our cultural esteem. And I, I think that's uh, why people are so excited about it. And give us the idea, because it, this goes, Chuck, we've had this discussion with, with hip-hop as well, too, where people don't want to be known as the black DJ, the Latino DJ, the white DJ. They just want to be the great DJ or just the great artist. Does this take this? He's not the Black Panther isn't just a black superhero. He's a superhero for everyone. How does that change the game? Well, and everybody I, feel free to jump I in. I think, please. obviously, I mean, if, you know, look, we want to claim it. Um, as ours, quote-unquote, because we haven't seen a superhero in this manner. And he's more than a superhero. He's a king. And I think people need to identify that he is more than just a superhero. He's a king. He's a warrior. Uh, intellectually, he's a genius. So when you transfer that to the broader community, he's a he is someone for everyone to aspire to be like. Um, and 
I think that's a wonderful thing. I was saying on another program a few years ago, I went as the Black Panther. I go to Comic-Cons like at least one a year, maybe more. That particular year I went to about four. And San Diego was one as well. But if you know San Diego, it's not the... You know, people of color are, you know, kind of few and far in between. So, right. But when I went as the Black Panther, white kids loved it. I mean, they were, want, some wanted to take pictures. You know, some would, a mother would be like, my, my son loves your costume. You know what I mean? Right. So it's an amazing phenomenon. And uh, white kids love Black Panther just like black kids. But I do think it means something different to us than it would to your average uh, kid. Yeah. Uh, guy, jump in, please. Yeah, I was going to say uh, what co writer and director Ryan Coogler has done is not just take a superhero and just like present them to, to the world and turn he, him into a black uh, figure, and now he's, it's the no. same, it's not like a template. Yeah, he, he makes Black Panther, uh, yes, be an inspiration for someone we want to be like, but also makes an internal conflict within us as we're watching it. Mm-hmm. Like what where the What do you black, mean by that? Where the black experience has been, like they they address racism in the movie and why the oppression of black people has been so prevalent and here on this uh great nation, the greatest nation on earth, people are rattling with that with that fact about why are we not going out there and helping the oppressed. <laughs> that is an a, a great yeah. It's one of the great arcs of the movie. It gives a thematic weight. The villain, quote unquote, villain in the movie, you almost like want to say, is he really a villain? Because what he's doing is wanting to save us. He wants to save the world. That that's what makes it on a whole a whole new level. Something that we haven't seen before. Don't spoil the movie. <laughs> and I would just say, and as someone who hasn't seen the movie. You know, it makes sense because the African contribution to the world has been for everyone. Africa's the cradle of civilization. We built pyramids. Our, our relationship to math and science, and we don't learn that stuff. I mean, when we think of creators, we think of, of, of people that don't look like us. But it, it, it is important to understand that, you know, it actually does make sense because that's the cradle of civilization. So um, this is, in my mind, even though I haven't seen it, it's a reminder. That's why my son reads the comic books. And although it's kind of a utopia, it also speak, speaks to that past legacy but, that has but been erased. But the truth is, it really represents what African people would be had they not been invaded and, and had racism not pillaged the mines and the actual soil. That's really and that's a power, and that's, that's a powerful the, vision for for people to see. Yeah, definitely. and then Clayton, in terms of the level of acting, the level of just just all of the production levels. <laughs> um, I said after the screening, I said Michael B. Jordan meet Tom Hiddleston because you guys will share the same sentence as the greatest Marvel villains that we've ever had. Mm. Like, and you guys will live in the same sentence forever. Absolutely. Um, what's beautiful about it? I mean, obviously, what what we see is great. But it's what Ryan Coogler did behind the camera. And Ryan Coogler is the, the co-writer, co-writer and, and director. And director. It's, it's about we have a production designer who, who is African-American. Ruthie Carter is a costume designer, two-time Academy Award nominated. We have a South African co-editing the film. This is yeah. front to back the black experience on all levels, not just story, but on production value. All right. We're talking about the Black Panther phenomenon. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, Safari checking in live, and you know that outside is cold weather. Nobody else do it better, and she don't do cheap leather. That's why I'm here rocking with Lisa Evers. Street!
Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the Black Panther phenomenon with our panel, Brian Favors. He's the co-founder of the Nate Parker Foundation and also an educator. Brian, great to have you with us. Always good to be here. Thank you. Also with us is Clayton Davis. He's editor-in-chief and owner of awardcircuit.com and a film critic. Clayton, great to have you with us. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Chuck Creekmore. He's the founder and president of allhiphop.com. He's also a comic book expert. Chuck, great to have you with us. Thank you. What about in, ter in terms of the audience for this? Because, you know, when they look at movies and are planning movies for Hollywood, there's always who's going to go to see this. But this obviously was designed in such a way for everybody. Mm -hmm. Right, Clayton? Yeah. So I think on its face, I think it, this can be a mistake in our, in our media coverage of it, is that, like, it's for black people and black people should go see it. Mm -hmm. And it's it, taking place in Black History Month, and that's and that's uh, a good sell to them. It's It's more than that. It transcends all cultures because Wakanda, which is the African nation where uh, the film takes place, they, they touch on subjects that are very, uh, that are evident today. Like there is a nod to, to the political climate that we're in right now. So this doesn't just speak to one specific group. This can transcend to, to many different ones. To many different, Brian, in terms of the educational value of it, because it's like we look at history and there's always, there's this ongoing argument among educators that black history should not be separated. It should be integrated and woven mm. into all history and part of it, not taking the month away, but in terms of how we look at it. So right. it's not just like, okay, well, you're black, so you need to know black history. It's like everyone should know it. Mm. Right. I mean, what, it, what, about, what do you think about I mean, that? Well, Carter G. Woodson, it was Af uh, Black History Week, and then it turned into a month, I believe, in the 70s. But the goal was to ultimately get to a point to where our history was American history, but that's not the case. And I think it's so significant. I mean, think about Donald Trump's comments about uh, where we come from. And I think in most people's minds, when you think of Africa, when you think of Haiti, when you think of where we come from, you think of all these negative thoughts and, and you think of all these problems. And I think here we have a film that really speaks to the greatness of Africa, to the possibility of Africa. And like my brother said, you know, this is what we would have been had we not been interrupted by colonialism and slavery. So there's a, a and not to mention, you know, uh, the, the issues that are raised in the film that I, I haven't seen, but I think that you can have a good time with this film. I'm taking my son on Friday, while at the same time building his esteem and, and, and allowing him to have cultural pride in a, in, a, in a time where that's hard. It's very hard. And in, in terms of the messaging of it, Clayton, is, is, it, is it heavy or is it part of the story? Or No, I, I, think, I, think, I think probably unfortunate because of the hype, because we just saw it. I think mm -hmm. we're painting it like it's going to be very heavy-handed, and, and it isn't. There is an enjoyable blockbuster story here. It, I think it broke the, the Fandango pre-sale record you know, for, for all, all uh, Marvel movies. Um, the, the messaging is, is simple, and, and it creates a, a complex theme within yourself because that, that's great villains that's great stories is it really uh is your villain just as complex as your as your hero what what are they saying what what are the what is what's at stake and what mistakes have been made and is there shame that goes with it mm -hmm. you know and it isn't just like you know white people you know you guys messed up it's mm -hmm. what have black people done for other black people as well mm -hmm. that's i think that becomes a very uh, attractive thing so that ad really adds to the whole discussion as well. Yeah, and that's what brings the emotional arc. I think that's where, towards the end of the movie, I almost felt like I was going to be in tears because I was just like, this, this speaks to more than just like what people have done 
uh, to the black culture. It's about what are we doing about it now and what are we doing for ourselves and not just using it as a crutch to lean on. Or, or as an excuse. As an excuse. Or, or blaming classic people. classic right now, by yeah. the way. Say it again. Your face is classic right now. <laughs> it's it is it's. I've told people that we're going to be talking about this movie for months and months and maybe years and years because the layers there's so many different layers. And when you look at what Ryan Coogler did and how how there's such subtle nuances that honestly the broader community is going to miss a lot in this movie, but it there's so many teachable moments for us. From the connection to, not to give away spoilers, but the, you gotta give us. Something. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say it because say it. the connection to Oakland. If you if, if you know anything about Black Panthers, there's a connection to Oakland, right? As well, and there's there's a lot of subtleties there, yeah. and it, it's it's got so many layers. I mean, I, we'll be unpacking this for a while. Yeah. And, oh, no, I just want to say, and in the fact that it's an entertaining movie. You know, they say you learn more when you go to enjoy it as opposed to going into a class. And right. I think, you know, I had a chance to work on Birth of a Nation, and, and that was great. We were able to take students. But you knew you were going to get your history. And I think one of the things that, and it was still powerful, don't get me wrong, but I think something like this, my son reads these comic books for enjoyment and still gets those cultural gems. So I think that's something that's really significant about well, this. What about the messages? Because, you know, we, we talk about this in the context of the show and our audience and in our, our communities, but you look at America nationally, it's still predominantly a white nation. Mm -hmm. So th this block, this film has the, the chance to be seen by a vast majority of white communities where their their only contact with the black culture is through hip hop music or yeah. through you know through sports. Mm -hmm. What do you think? What impact do you think that's going to have? Yeah, I mean, there's there's still a perception about what black media is, and mm -hmm. and I, I was telling them before the show that it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see because you know we're we're on the coast, so getting seeing black people with us and getting all riled up in the movie and being excited that that's normal for us. <laughs> But my sister lives in Richmond, Virginia, and she's going to go see it on opening day. So I'm, like, dying to know what is that going to be like down there, you know, or what middle America, how they're going to uh, interpret this. That, those are all really interesting questions that need to be asked. I've seen a lot of funny memes, by the way. <laughs> I saw one today where a white guy said, hey, white people, let's go to see Black Panther and talk through the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> I saw one like, why can't it be the Panther? Why is it the... Black Panther, and I right, mean, right? Why does he have to be black? Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, well, some people have said that. Yeah, I know, but again, and they weren't white. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I went to a, a panel discussion with the whole cast, and there are two white characters in the movie. And someone asked a really dumb question. I'll be honest, but of one of the uh, uh, white gentlemen, and and he was like, "This is how black people feel in every movie." So just, you know, it's no biggie. You know what I mean? Because there's usually one token black person in the movie, and right. we know why they're there, because they're trying to sell to as many audience, audiences as possible. Exactly. And, and consequently, if you go through L.A., those guys are on posters when they're really not necessarily, they shouldn't really be, but they're selling it. Yeah, and I'll and I also say, I think one thing we're definitely overlooking here, more than just black uh, empowerment, there's female empowerment on the upteenth degree. Absolutely. In this, I mean, Lupita Nyong'o. You know, you know that was on my list to oh ask about. Oh my god! Like, I mean, that's why the Wonder Woman comparison, like, while while apt, I mean, I always feel like there is a great disservice done to Black women in the community about what they can become outside of their uh, communities, and to see Lupita Nyong'o 
and uh, Letitia Wright, I believe, is the mm-hmm. actress that plays uh, his sister. Sure. Like, it, it is it is great to see. It is powerful. It is touching. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's how we should be worshiping women mm-hmm. in the in the black community. There, there's just so many things. And that, they're also that, incredible they're, they're fighters, Amazon, too, right? They're Wakanda. I mean, they, 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 <laughs> kick, they kick butt. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, they just do everything that they're supposed to do. And the, the reaction to it, I mean, this is similar to when Get Out came out last, last year. Get Out, we weren't expecting it. It smacked us in the face. This is going to be a similar thing that we're going to be talking about for the next year. I'm putting my money on it. Watch out Oscar time next year. Wow. This is something that we need to be really paying attention to that can reach the mass levels. De- definitely. The truth right. is the women are the stars of Black Panther. <clears throat> All right, we're going to talk. I want to talk more about the women, of course. Yeah. Um, we're talking about the Black Panther phenomenon. I'm, I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. New York City, it's Miguel. You're tuning to the Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real people, real issues, and real politics. Only on Hot 97. Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the Black Panther phenomenon. We have a great panel to discuss it and break it all down for you. Joining me, Brian Favors. He's a co-founder of the Nate Parker Foundation and an educator. Brian, great to have you with us. Also with us is Clayton Davis. He's editor-in-chief and owner of awardscircuit.com. He's also a film critic. Clayton, great to have you. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Chuck Creekmore. He's the founder and president of allhiphop.com and a comic book expert. Chuck, great to have you. Thank you. Let me talk about the women in Black Panther Mm -hmm. because the women a lot of times have always been kind of the sidekick or the girlfriend or the one that the superhero goes to talk to when he's in trouble and having doubts or whatever mm-hmm. and then they're kind of like ancillary characters but you're saying in black panther they're, the, they're, the, they're smart they're yeah. wise they can fight they can defend themselves yeah. they're not like being constantly saved right. you know at the, you know they're not the damsel in distress mm-hmm. they are they, they are being the strong suit i mean it, when you watch the film on its face you'll see how little that Black Panther probably has to do a lot in the movie right. until like you really pull it all together and like no he's just surrounded by great people and a lot of them are women his security force are yeah. all women his secu- and yeah. the, and Angela Bassett plays his mother yes right? absolutely yeah she's wonderful and, and shows a whole different way of women really just being it, out there it, it, and again it's it's about giving it to black women they're they're not just they're not just used as hot commodities or the you know hot girls in a in a, in a music video they're right. used to, <laughs> they're used to inspire a whole nation of black women that are are that are oppressed and that are living in poverty and that think that don't think right now that they can do better and girls by the way my daughter's 14 and i mean i just can't wait to take her to see it And this is in line, once again, with African history. You know, we were talking about Hillary Clinton being the first black president, and I would always tell my students, but we have Queen Nzinga who fought the Portuguese off for decades. So we have a history of strong African queens. Even when we look at the cross, which comes from the Ankh, and if anybody that knows anything about the Ankh, it's about the balance of male and female. Um, so this idea of the passive woman is very European and Western. Mm-hmm. So once again, this film has taken us back to our roots. This is the Sankofa film. Shout out to all the warrior women in the actual Black Panther Party, too. Yes, indeed. Know your history. Yes, indeed. No, totally totally with the history. Let's talk about the the authenticity, because you, obviously a, a white moviegoer seeing this from a predominantly white community is going to look at this in a different way than a black person going to see it. Mm-hmm. But has this movie succeeded from the from guys you guys who have seen it to be able to appeal to the main to the quote unquote mainstream multiracial masses but still keep a level of black authenticity for the black audiences 
Absolutely. It's a great movie. First and foremost, a great story, a great plot, great acting, great, uh, great special effects. So first and foremost, the foundation for a great movie is all present and accounted for. And then you get these subtleties, and then you get these heavier themes and messages. But if you do a crappy movie that has everything else that's really good, it's still a crappy movie. It's still right. not entertaining. And that's what I think ultimately will resonate with audiences of any background, race, color, creed. And then the cinematographer's a female, too. Yes, Rachel. How unusual is that for a big-budget Hollywood? Non-existent. I mean, it is, it's Rachel Morrison, first woman nominated for Best Cinematography at the Oscars this year, who shot Mudbound, which was by Dee Reese, mm -hmm. who's also Oscar-nominated this year. Uh, first, first black woman, I think, nominated in adapted screenplay. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I mean, Ryan Coogler assembled the troops and yeah. said, it's not just going to be in front of the camera, it's going to be behind the camera as well. But I think it reinvents the whole idea of uh, Hollywood's idea of black culture. They're used to seeing us shackled in chains, 12 years a slave, like that, that's the stuff. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how a non-black person will watch the movie and in what kind of lens. I like to be fair about it and say, you know, they may not get it the way we, we do. They, it may not resonate or feel, they may not get those tears in their eyes. But it's still gonna have an impact. But, uh, if they're just entertained and say, hey, that was a really good movie and it was good to just watch, like, I'm okay with that because that will allow more movies like this to be made. This is what's leading to Ava du uh, DuVernay directing A Wrinkle in Time, the biggest budgeted film by a black woman in history, and she gets to run run the ship. And she was uh, once attached to this film herself. She was going to direct it at one point. Brian, in, in terms of the role model effect, too, you know, as, as a parent and as an educator, what do you think it does to the kids? Like you said, it was like they know they're going for certain educational things, but to just see everybody embracing these heroes. I mean, I, I, mean, I think it's, it's huge. This is, the, you, you had said it earlier, this is revolutionary. And I think that not only in this film, we're just starting to see a broader picture of the black experience now. I mean, even with Queen Sugar, um, with all, this is a really special time. I'm really fortunate. I just came from the Pan-African Film Festival. And the buzz around this, there's a sense that there are things that we can do now in film. I work with about 50 young filmmakers. There's a sense that we can do things that we just couldn't do 20, 30 years ago. And I think um, the whole community is going to benefit. I'm an educator, right? I, you, every time I'm here, I'm talking about pushing black history and whatnot. Right. But this film is going to do more for that movement, right, than all of these conferences I go to year after year because millions and millions of people are going to be exposed to our leg legacy. And even those people that might not get those gems are going to see us in a light that is not subservient. Yeah. They're going to see leaders. They're going to see scientists. They're going to see warriors. And that's just not something we see in the media uh, surrounding African people. I, on a daily basis. And also, I think the other thing, too, is you know, you're talking about the Pan-African Film Festival, these that's other right. film festivals, and smaller films that have been done, and educational films. But I have to think that in some way, those really pave the way for that's this right. whole incredible you know, convergence of all this talent. Yeah, a, f a few years ago when Oscar So White was like in the media, and right. was, like, I mean, which has been mm -hmm. a problem for decades, in the 90 years that it's been here, um, the problem has never been with the Oscars. The problem is Hollywood. Mm -hmm. If Hollywood doesn't give the keys to a black man to direct a movie, then we can't get mad at Oscar for reflecting what's around them. Right. We can't get mad when they don't choose the one out of 300 
uh, black movies that are available to them to, to select in the year. And where the film festivals are really shining a light, Pan-African, Middleburg Film Festival in Virginia, which was started by uh, Sheila Johnson, who started uh, BET. Like, these people are taking not just black movies, movies by just minority groups, female directors, and giving them their, their stance and giving them a podium to stand on and to have a, a voice that they never had before, you know, and obviously with, uh, you know, the Me Too movement also being a part of that as well. But then also to see women being in po- women in power and women using their power and not being and being able to defend themselves. Yeah. Of course, we, you we, know, we, I, I believe in that strongly. Right? Yeah. But I mean. Yeah, you always scare me, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> Clayton. Uh, no, not. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah, but no, you said it right. I think, and I think what we have to do and we have to encourage it, we can't be complicit in this. Um, you know, Black Panther's here. We're excited, but we can't just sit back and go, "Okay, we're good for a while." We have to keep pushing it forward. Absolutely. And, and isn't that part of the message of the movie? It's it's, it's about what? Where do we? You go know, what from are you here? really doing right now? It's where like do we go you, from you, here? right. You can blame them and 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 that type of thing. Brian, in terms in terms of the, it, it just in terms of the educational value from it too. Do you think we're going to see like Black Panther curricula? We're going to different I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm working with a, a, a sister out of Los Angeles who's a big friend to the Nate Parker Foundation um, and she has a site goforyours.com or .org and, and they're taking hundreds and hundreds of students uh, to see the film because they want to have these discussions. I don't know if a curriculum is in the work, but you can go to that site and actually sponsor students to go see it. They're they're trying to solicit funds so so individuals can see it. But I think as educators, we all know that there are so many gems to connect them to education, to science. I heard some people talking mm-hmm. about connecting it to STEM programs. Mm-hmm. And then at, at its very basic and making level... Making it cool. Making, making it all it cool, very cool. But, but, but the most important thing is just us being able to see ourselves and see African people in a positive light. Because in my opinion, you know, Marcus Garvey said, a people without knowledge of their history are like trees with no roots. And I think what we see in education and we see some of the issues in our community are all rooted in the fact that, you know, we've been traumatized. And this film, in my opinion, can help us with that trauma. And help trauma. people see that yes. in a different way yes. from the uh, from the other side That's of it. That's right. From the, from yeah. the trauma. Make connections, it would right. Be, it would be interesting to see this paired up with a film like Hidden Figures. Right. Which, 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 which like, right. celebrates which I love. Yeah. black women in science. Like, but, but as an educator, you get to, I've got to use Birth of a Nation, Hidden Figures, Get Out. <laughs> These are all things that are utilizing. If you're a uh, if you're if you're a progressive educator, you can use all of these things mm-hmm. to kind of bridge uh, the gap and, and and connect to students in different aspects. So I don't think we need one kind of film. I think we're just seeing that. Wow, you know, we have a million different stories to and tell that are they're relevant. out there now. You know, the lead in the new Star Trek is a black female. If you look at Cloverfield, the new movie on Netflix another black female lead, and they're both sci-fi. So I'm, I'm huge on Afrofuturism because we have to project what's going to happen now and be a part of that because, you know, if you look at what's going on in real life, they're, they're literally about to colonize Mars, and they've kind of ruined this uh, world. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're still here, yeah, and we're, yeah, still, yeah. we're still fighting. Definitely. All right, <laughs> this is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be back right after this. Yo, yo, what's yo, up? Yo, this what's is up? me, DMC, in the place to be, and the only place for you to ever be is right here listening to Lisa Evers on Street Soldiers. Rah!
Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. In this episode, we're talking about the Black Panther phenomenon. Our special guest, Brian Favors, co-founder of the Nate Parker Foundation and an educator. Brian, great to have you with us. Great to be back. Also with us, Clayton Davis. He's editor-in-chief and owner of awardscircuit.com. He's also a film critic. Clayton, great to have you. Thanks for having me. Also with us is Chuck Creekmer, founder and president of allhiphop.com. He's also a comic book expert. Chuck, great to have you. Glad to be here. Let, let's talk about the music. I mean, as if there aren't enough blockbuster points about this and amazing aspects of this film, it's got a soundtrack with Kendrick, that Kendrick Lamar did. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar and TDE, they curated an a, a awesome album. All the Stars is a new video with SZA that's, I mean, it's probably the best video in a couple decades, like, real talk. Really? Yeah, it's, it's incredible. You're it's, not just saying that because you're on I'm, a Black Panther high here. No, okay. I'm serious. You have to see this video. It's, it's incredible. I forget who directed it, but it's, um, it's sci-fi, but it also connects to Africa as well. That's amazing. So they, they have done the, the whole package on, with this movie. Yeah, the the music in the film, uh, who does the score is Ludwig Göransson. He's a Swedish composer who also worked with uh, Kugler on Creed, and he was actually just nominated uh, alongside Donald Glover for Album of the Year at the Grammys. Mm. Um, the the music is such a evident part because it, 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 I mean, obviously builds the tension, but it, but it, but it celebrates music in a way that we're not traditionally like used to seeing in a, in a film. There's uh, there's tender moments, there's uh, you know, a, an ode and a salute to the African nations that that we can that we can enjoy and revel in. Um, the music plays a big part in the movie and I was really excited and very pleasantly surprised. To, and to and also it. there's another thing of the you know the coinc the coincidence of the timing too is, you know, the coming in the year where hip hop has turned out to be the most streamed music genre in the world. Absolutely. I mean, think about it. A few years ago, you couldn't think about a movie that's really hip-hop in a way. You know, we've been calling ourselves kings and, 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 and things for forever. Right. You know, shout out to the Nation of the Gods and the Earths and things of that nature. We grew up on that. And, and so to make that connection in a natural and a real way is everything for me as well as I'm um, sure the, you know, the uh, whole community. And then in, in terms of the in terms of the long standing influence, like do you think that there's is this everybody's just in this hype thing right now, or do you think Brian there's gonna be there's actually gonna be kind of subtle or seismic cultural shifts in attitudes? I'm not I'm talking about all all communities. Well, I, I think so. And I think, you know, for some people it's it's a it's a, a time and it's hot. But for those of us who are building institutions, I mean, this is a seed planted, right? So those of us who see the value of it got to continue to water those seeds. Um, we know the impact that that film has. We know the impact that music has. If this brother walked in and he had the Africa medallion, that took me right back to the 90s when I was introduced to Africa in a positive right. way for the first time. So um, to some people it might be, you know, a season. But for a lot of us, first of all, films last forever. So this is out there. And, and I think it's going to be up to us, that, uh, those of us who care about our culture, um, to, to, to continue watering those seeds that are planted through this film. Also, I'd just like to say, growing up as a you know, long-term comic book reader, I grew up loving all heroes, all superheroes. But my favorite was The Incredible Hulk. And the reason why is because when he turned into a superpower, he wasn't black, he wasn't white. He was just green and no you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And also Spider-Man because he wore a mask and when he was a superhero. Right, and you couldn't tell what he was. Absolutely. What his race so was. so I, I know this might sound a bit extreme, but I really do 
compare this to when Obama was elected. If you're a child and you were born or raised in that era when the first person you see in power is a black man, um, I compare it to the Black Panther because growing up, mo most of us saw Batman and Superman, and those were the those were the um, the only the faces you saw, right. right? And meanwhile, there were others like Black Panther and Power Man, Luke Cage, and Falcon, but all of them were a little bit different. You know, Power Man was a former convicted criminal, and uh, Falcon was a sidekick, and. They didn't this have is the, different. The, the yeah, so if you're if the... you're a kid and you grow up in this pre present day in this era, seeing this type of superhero who's really more than a superhero, he's a king. I want to stress that he's a king of a country, the most civilized, advanced nation, and they're literally asking themselves, should should we save the world? Yeah. And, and come out of their from their mm -hmm. their own focus, yeah. Clayton. Uh, Lisa, I said this on your show last time I was here, and I and I believe this even more so now. What I hope this movie does more more than anything, it inspires kids in black communities. I'm talking about little kids, like ten year old boys, that say, "Listen, while Denzel Washington, it's great to aspire to be the next Denzel. God, what, what would it be like to be Ryan Coogler? Right. Absolutely. What would it like? What would it be like to like?" be John Ridley and and write something and direct something or you know be Bradford Young and shoot something like it, it, it I mean shoot cameras <laughs> um you know it, it is all about <laughs> you had to, to say that because it's three yeah. soldiers yeah. I understand no, I okay just had to clarify <laughs> um and I and I want kids to feel like they can go to film school and they can go and be something and now that the deck isn't so much stacked against you. Right. Like, it, like it may feel like that a lot sometimes. But Black Panther gives hope that listen, you can contribute to the society. You can contribute to the art form mm -hmm. without having it be about you know being poor and you know. It doesn't have to be the stereotype. What's now become be a stereotype? stereotype. Yes. and, and it's stereotype. This is a urban movement. Narrative. This is a yeah. movement. This Panther is one of a whole Absolutely. movement. And I'm, I'm working with a lot of filmmakers that are very clear about that. And this is just a great time to be a part of it. Think about the time we're living in right now for this film to come out in the context of everything going around with our president and whatnot. So I think we're going to look back at this time um, 10 years from now and say that was a real turning point. And, and film is such a huge part of, of our culture, film and music. So, I mean, I think we'd be blind to say that this wasn't going to have a huge yeah, I just wanna I just want to shout out. I just want to say I was on my first movie set the other day, and it was from my niece. She's 17 years old. She's a, a junior in uh, high school, and she's filming her first film now. And that's all this whole wave. It's not just the Black Panther. It's the whole No, and there's a lot wave. going on in the right. community. Like, like Jamie Hector has a foundation moving mountains to teach not just the, you know, everybody, of course, wants to be a, a star or yeah. in front of the camera, but to all those skills for all those jobs because there are so that's many right. yeah, I mean, and so many happening here in New York. Yeah, I mean, Ryan Coogler's 31 years 31. old. He is, like, yeah. he is like an infant by yeah. director's <laughs> standards. Absolutely. Right. And he got the keys to a $200 million Franchise, which is gigantic, and, right? Yeah, and he, and I mean, they haven't greenlit it yet. I know they will. I mean, Marvel, if you're listening, you better. Like, there will be Black Panther sequels. Like, there will be other films. And, and what's so great about Ryan is, man, he's just a when he speaks. He doesn't water it down. He doesn't code switch. And for me and my students, they see I can be myself and have access to this. So mm -hmm. I think even in that regard, he was on Hot 97. 
this morning. And I mean, just speaking like the regular brother from your block. And I think that's a really powerful statement, too. When you're a creator, mm -hmm. you can be yourself and create something like this that the whole world um, absorbs. I think that's a really powerful and thing. And more so, he teaches discipline and hard work. Like, don't wait for the opportunity. You got to get hungry that's and right. chase it. And Kugler, Duvarney, uh, D. Reese, Nate Parker, uh, Nate Parker, mm -hmm. all these people are showing like, listen, don't wait for it to happen for you. You have to go and chase it and keep chasing it until you get tired. And when you're tired, run some more. Like keep and, doing it. And that's also kind of like the hip hop, the sort of the hip hop uh, keys yeah. to success too. Mm -hmm. Is just don't wait for that opportunity. Make that opportunity. Hustle and and do it like that. Absolutely. I mean, I tell people all the time when I started all hip hop. We had, I'm from Delaware, first and foremost, we had no opportunity whatsoever. We weren't able to camp out in front of Def Jam or we couldn't walk up to the source or whatever. We didn't have internships. But there's a, there is a way that is only, that's very decidedly hip hop. And that is creating something when there is nothing. When there is no opportunity, you make opportunity. And when someone says no and won't open the door, you kick it in. Right. And you say we're here regardless. Yeah, and that brings up a good point. I mean, I grew up in the the backyard of New York City, and I wasn't exposed. And I'm a film critic. I wasn't exposed to the Vertigos, the Citizen Canes. Of mm -hmm. I didn't see that when I was until I was an adult, mm -hmm. past college, to start experiencing these for the first time. It's about education. We have right. to like let them know there are other things outside of what you're seeing today. This all stemmed from somewhere. It's interesting to watch a young person watch the original Birth of a Nation mm. and try to interpret oh, yes. that and what mm. that meant right. at the time and then feed that into their whole film dynamic and their That's filmography. Right. Right. They need to see those things. So do you think so do you think there's a danger though that this is just this is one of those moments where okay, it's cool, all things African are cool. Um, and we we've seen other periods in history where Afrocentrism yeah. has been kind of like part of the popular culture for a hot minute and then it fades away, or do you think we're in a different time? What what the past election showed us, more than anything, was that we could be moving forward, and all it takes is one little thing to step push us back a few steps. So we can be happy in this moment. It's really good to enjoy, but what are we doing to move forward? And I'm glad that Hollywood is catching up, but the minute we take our eye off the ball... Right. It's Oscar so white again. It's it's you know not enough roles for black uh, people in the industry, and it right. becomes a whole we new. We ain't dynamic. free yet. Well, yeah. What, <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> well, what about what about the international aspect of it, Clayton? Because in terms in terms of movies, the comic books are international, right? Yeah. They have an international audience. A lot of the films are made here in the United States, consumed around the world. What what do you think the international reaction is going to be like in Asia, like in Europe, um, in, in Africa? You know, I, I think they're they're open to it the way we are and some some films do better overseas versus here I mean Africa has the stigma of just being very poor no matter where you are in Africa and it's funny they address that in the film about like it's a third world country but it's a continent so like right. you know right. it's those things that they address I think the international community can help out and they, they're doing great international listen we have work to do there. but do you think they'll they'll relate to the movie and like the movie the, and go see the, the same movie? the same way that they relate to all their Asian cinema or European cinema mm -hmm. they, they if they're open to world cinema they'll be open to and it. if we're high, if we're highlighting the continent in a positive way I know even in birth of a nation we had scenes and we used a lot of the relics and we made sure it was a pan-african film that he got his strength from Africa we got so much uh, love and appreciation for that because so often Africa is portrayed in an 
negative light. And brothers right. and sisters come from the continent, and they're clear about how the Western world portrays us. So I think if it's done as respectfully as you brothers say, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're going to say this helps us out. You know, this helps Absolutely. Um, us out tremendously. It's the, it's the press's job. It's it's all of our jobs to make sure that they know they know how it re- how it relates and to keep pushing the conversation forward. And Chuck, just moving forward with the Black Panther sequels, are there enough stories in the? There are the almost Black an infinite number of stories <laughs> in this movie. I'm telling you, I don't want to give any spoilers away, but if you read the books, you know that Black Panther was a female at one point. I'm saying, Ryan is, Whoa. I'm saying, like, there are so many, there, I said it before and I'm going to say it again. This is a franchise within a franchise, and this could literally go on for a very long yeah. time. Uh, Marvel is already exploring the diversity aspect of, of their stories, right? Spider-Man had two white guys in the whole movie, the mm-hmm. hero and the villain. Right. But Spider-Man, the new comics are out there, is uh, Morales, that yes. Miles Morales, that's going to become Spider-Man at one point. And they've been hinting, because Donald Glover's character in Spider-Man Homecoming was his uncle, and we think that they're really about to explore this diversity aspect that brings Marvel to a whole new realm. A whole different level and a whole international we, and, and we very current. Give, we, very have current. Give, we have to give him credit, man. Kevin Feige, the producer, yeah. had a, I mean, he is, he's, he's, he's given us a lot. Right I still now. wonder if he knows what he's done. Yeah. Does he know what all he's done? All right, we'll done? have to save that for another <laughs> show. We're out of time here, but I want to thank all of you for being with us uh, uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers. Brian Favors, Clayton Davis, yeah, and you. Chuck Creekman. Thank you guys so much for this um, episode of Street Soldiers on the Black Panther Phenomenon. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.